Well, this morning I want to minister to you on talking with God. You know, you guys have probably noticed in the emails that I've sent out the last couple of weeks, I've, I've, uh, I'm assuming everyone's getting the emails, I put in big letters, remember the prayer meeting, this is an opportunity for us to stand together. And uh, the reason being is, is the last few week, couple of weeks, I've really felt God pressing onto my heart that we need to, to make prayer a focus, especially in, uh, in this early stage, of, and, and I don't want to say especially now, because it'll be always but uh, definitely as we're continuing to grow and, and, and move forward in our, in our ministry here in Marana, we definitely need to start spending time in prayer. And the truth is that uh, we need to start spending time in prayer together as well, standing together for this city. You know, we can pray. Uh, we need to stand together for the city to pray for salvation in the city, to pray for prosperity in the city. We want to pray for the other churches. Basically, we want to stand together to, to uh, further the kingdom of God in this city and in this congregation. And, and it's very important, as we'll see as we go on through this, that us standing together for that. In Second Chronicles 7.14, it says, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And there's a lot of promise. When we pray to God, God promises that he'll hear us, and then he's going to make an impact in our lives. How many of you know when he's talking here is, is, is that made an impact in the people's lives when they begin to humble themselves and pray? And the truth is that all relationships are divine, defined by communication. I mean, how would your guys' marriage be if you never talked to each other? I mean, can you, can you imagine what... I mean, the communication defines every relationship that we'll ever have. And if you don't communicate, there is no relationship. You might as well, you know, not know each other if you're not going to talk and communicate. And the, the same is true with God. Our, our relationship with Him is defined by our communication with Him. We need to speak to Him. We need to spend time talking to Him and listening to Him. And the truth, I mean, God is always willing to speak with us. The question is, are we willing to be available to hear from Him? Amen? And like I said, I just, the, the main focus today is that I've really felt a call to, uh, to make prayer a priority in my life and in, and in this body as well. And I would encourage you as we go through this, this would be a challenge and an encouragement to make prayer a priority in each and every one of our lives. Amen. The first thing we want to notice in Acts 10, 1 through 4 is that God will speak to you when you spend time in prayer. Have you ever wondered, why don't I hear God's voice? You know, when, when is God going to speak to me? I wonder, what does God want me to do? The first place you should do is hit your knees and begin to listen. Pray and listen. In Acts 10, 1 through 4, it says, Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. He gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him, he, he being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. You know, we all, we all understand that prayer, in its most basic aspect, is a time that we speak to God. But I think a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we kind of get into this rote mode where that's all we're doing is, is yapping at God. We don't actually, it's a, it's a one, I mean, wives, have you ever had it where your, your husband just won't listen to anything that you have to say? You're just, he's just talking, 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 but never listens to anything back. You ever been there? Michelle hasn't. She's fortunate. But uh, I know. <laughs> Praise God. So, but, you know, that's, that's kind of how. Our relationship with his God sometimes. We just want to talk, talk, talk at him. And he's just waiting to get in a word edgewise. 
And the truth is that when we pray, God will speak to us. And this isn't the only example. I picked this example. I mean, I was creating this message, and I'm, I'm looking for my scriptures. And, and the first thing I usually do is just begin to look for scriptures that deal with the topic that I want to hand. And, and uh, usually to keep my messages around 45 minutes, I know I need about 12 to 14 scriptures. Because if I have any more, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I have done more in the past, and I'll just, it just goes long. So I'm putting them all together, and I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm like, this is a good one, this is a good one. All said and done, I had like 24 slides put together. So <laughs> thank God that I was able to uh, condense and focus. Otherwise, we'd be here till 2 o'clock. So <laughs> you guys hear the, the message, Ernie's, Pastor Ernie is like, you know, uh, I want to get moving because Pastor Mike said I couldn't stay here past 11. Everyone, <gasps> 11. <laughs> so... Uh, but there's tons of, of scriptures that show that God speaks to people in the midst of their prayer. And we find out here that, that uh, Cornelius prayed to God continually. And he's praying to God, and in a vision, this angel comes and says, and this is funny, an angel comes and says, your prayers and alms of a sinner is a memorial before God. Basically, this angel said, God hears you. See, Cornelius wasn't saved. Cornelius is not a Jew. He has no opportunity to offer sacrifices in the temple, which, according to the law, if you wanted your sins forgiven, you had to offer sacrifices. Cornelius couldn't do that. He wasn't a Jew. He couldn't go into the temple. And the truth is, he was doing the best that he could to honor God. He was a God-fearing man. Him and his whole household feared God, which means, you know, that, that words that they use there doesn't mean they were scared of God. That means they honored God. They were in awe of him. And they were given alms to the poor, and they prayed or to the Jewish people, and they prayed continually. I mean, he, he knew that God was out there. He loved God, and he was doing the best that he could. But unfortunately, according to the law back then, there was no provision for him. There was nothing for him. It didn't matter what he did. So I imagine his prayers were, Lord, what can I do to be, to be saved? What can I do to be in fellowship with you? What can, I mean, I imagine those had to have been his prayers. God, save me. And the angel says, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And we all know the rest of the story as we continue to go on that, that uh, Cornelius becomes part of, of, a, of a move that God is doing. Remember he sends Cornelius to Peter and Peter saw the vision of the, of the sheet coming down and says, you know, go kill and eat. Had all the unclean animals. And he says, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God says, whatever I have called clean, no longer consider unclean. So... Cornelius is part of this plan of God to, to introduce the gospel to the Gentiles. I mean, he had to, have been, I imagine he had to been praying, Lord, what can I do to be saved? And God says, you know what? I've heard your prayers. They've ascended as a memorial before me, and, and we're going to go ahead and answer them now. And he sends them to Peter, and we know how the story goes, that Peter uh, invites them into the house without question, because Peter had a vision as well. Peter heard from God when he was praying. And uh, he lets them in, and, and he begins to, to speak to the other Jewish Christians at the time, saying, hey, you know, God filled them with the same spirit that he filled with us, that this is, this is the plan. Who am I to say that they can't be a part of it when God says they can? Amen? You know, the truth is, God wants to let us know what his plans are. He wants us to, to be a part of them. In the same year, he was praying, and God spoke to him and said, this is what I'm doing, and you're going to be a part of it. And, and we need to spend that time in prayer, too, to align ourselves with God as well, to know what he wants to do so we can be a part of it as well. Amen? And just a couple examples. I said, you know, this isn't the only example. A couple more. In Acts 11.15, uh, Peter says, I was in the, in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. This was Peter. Remember, he, Peter was praying, and God began to speak to him. 
And then in Acts one twenty four it says, They prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all men, show me which one of these two you have chosen. So they're, they're praying again, knowing that God's going to speak to them. So one, we need to, to, to be aware that, that this is one of the areas, one of the ways that God will speak to us is when we spend time in prayer. Next, we, we need to be spending time praying for strength. And in Luke 21, 34 through 36, it says, Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. And the day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that you are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. How many of you guys need strength? I know I need strength. I'm finding all the time, you know, with, with what we're doing here, and, and I couldn't do it without God. I couldn't do it without Him strengthening me, encouraging me, and some of the roadblocks and the hurdles that we've hit. You know, if, if I didn't know God was with me and that He was giving me strength, like, I would have wanted to give up and quit a long time ago. You know, Vin, Vinny's been with us from, I mean, how many years did we go? It just seemed like nothing was happening. You remember? You know, and, and without God's strength, how could we have moved on? See, it's, it's really easy to get weighed down with the cares of this world. It's really easy to get distracted and forget, you know, what our purpose is in the, in the kingdom of heaven. And the truth is, the signs of the times are upon us. I mean, nobody can take a look at this world and, and, and say that everything's hunky-dory. I mean, we can see that the world is falling apart, and it's going to affect all of us, you know. And, and, and Jesus is saying, hey, be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down. Because the day will come so, and the day will not come upon you like a trap. Because it says, For it will come upon all those who dwell on the faces, face of all the earth. You know, this world's falling apart, and Christians and non-Christians alike are going to be dealing with some stuff. But God says, pray for strength, be on the alert. Praying that you'll be able to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Basically, he's saying, you pray for strength as you can make it through so you won't fall away, so you won't get discouraged. You know, and we're to pray for this so we're not caught off guard. You know, the truth is, it's really easy to get distracted by everything that's going on in the world that you forget that we're in a war, that you forget to spend time with God, you forget to spend time with the Word, you begin to, to just... Just forget all these things and you become undisciplined and you slip away and the next thing you know you wake up and you realize you haven't been to church in, in a year and a half and you haven't read your Bible and you, and you realize that there's a, there's a disconnect there. And that's why we're to be on the alert because it's so easy to do. I know it's happened, it's happened to me in my life. I mean, I went through so many stages where I was going to church and I'd fall away and I'd go to church and fall away. And, and the truth is, it's just so easy to get distracted by this world and not keep God as your focus if we're not being on guard, if we're not keeping on the alert at all times, praying for that strength to move it through. And the truth is, not only should we be praying for our own strength and for all this stuff, is, is the, I mean, the, the, the times are coming, the world is coming, people are going to hell around us that we might have had an opportunity to impact. We should be praying that, uh, that they would not get carried away by the weight of this world as well, that they would not be so distracted by what's going on in their life that they'll never have the opportunity to know the Lord. Amen? Next, we need to spend time praying for wellness. In Acts 9.40, says, But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed, turning to the body. He said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. 
And in Acts 28.8, it says, And it happened that the father of Publius was lying in bed afflicted with recurrent fever and dysentery. And Paul went to see him, and after he had prayed, he laid his hands on him, and he healed them. You know, if you recall this one, this is actually a pretty amazing story. Tabitha, she's not just sick, she's dead. She's dead. They laid her up in the upper room. The widows had come around. They're all weeping and mourning, and they had, they had her stuff, and they're remembering her. This is, this is a pretty amazing thing. And, uh, you know, the truth is, God is faithful to answer prayers and faith. You know, and Peter lays his hands on her and, and, and prays for her and says, Arise. You know, the funny thing is, is, is we see that, that God prayed. You want to know how he didn't pray? I guarantee you Peter wasn't going, oh Lord, please, 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 please make Tabitha live again. Oh Lord, please help us. Lord, please do this. You know what he's doing is he's praising God. Thank you, Father, that your word says that you are faithful, that you're watching over your, your word ready to perform it. Father, I know that, that if I have faith, I can move mountains. And he began to, to speak to God the promises of God. And you may not have used those, all the same stuff because we have more Bible than he did back then, but that's the best thing to do when you're praying. Just quote Scripture because the Bible says that God is watching over his word, ready to perform it, and it will not return void. You know, you want to know if you're praying according to the will of God? You know the prayer that says if you ask anything according to the will of God, it will be answered to you? Well, if you're praying Scripture, it's according to the will of God. That's an easy one right there, amen? You know, God is faithful to answer prayers in faith, especially those concerning his promise. You know, and we, uh, and we use prayer to affect the world around us. You know, we've, we've had uh, some, some great testimonies. We've been praying in our, in our life group, and uh, Joseph was telling me that, that uh, was it Peter's the name of the, Pete? Peter's the name of his foreman that had cancer, and we prayed for him, and, and, and he goes and speaks. He's, it's in remission. Praise God. God is doing some amazing things. You know, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's other stories that we've had. We can, the other testimonies, even just in our, our short life group that we've seen God move because we've taken the time to pray. See, the truth is, when you, when you lay hands on someone and you pray for somebody, it's kind of like an extension cord because God is, has all this power, but he just needs to be plugged in and touch somebody's life. So you're kind of the extension cord between the person you're praying for and God, just like you're plugging it into one end and you're plugging in the other, as God flows through you and your faith to reach and impact the world around you. And the same thing happened here. Once again, Paul began to pray. I, I guarantee you he wasn't begging God to heal him, but he was thanking God for his promises. And, and, God, and God's power flowed through him into this man, and he's, he's, he healed him. In Mark 6, 17 through 18, it says, this, These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up servants. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover that conduit. That's why we lay hands on the sick, to release their faith. You know, the truth is, that if, if we'll pray earnest, faithful prayers, that we can impact the world around us. We need to pray to be effective as well. In Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, this is actually done in the sense of... Uh, Right before this, Paul was speaking on, on putting on the, the, the armor of God, the breastplate of faith, and, and uh, 
or the breastplate of righteousness and the gospel of peace and girding your loins with truth. He's talking about the armor of God. You know, and we're dealing with a, uh, a, a being at war. And, and praying is one of the ways that we can take care of one another. You know, in war, the Roman soldiers would stand back to back as they fought. That's actually where the expression, you know, I got your back. That's where it comes from. It means we're watch. Literally, it means I'm watching your back because if you're in war and you're fighting this way, you can't see what's behind you. Well, moms can, but they didn't usually go out to war. Moms can do weird things like that, seeing behind them. That's a different story. But, you know, they're, they're at war. They're, they're fighting, and, and the other soldier had their back. And here, the same thing. It says we need to, once again, be on the alert. And we're going to see this be on the alert constantly in Scripture. We'll look at a few more, I believe, that say it as well. But uh, he says, be on the alert with all perseverance. That means that sometimes you've got to persevere. You've got to buckle down and keep going. When, when you pray a prayer, you know, you, Lord, please do this, and you open your eyes real quick to see if it happens. Sometimes you've got to persevere. Continue to pray. Continue to trust God. And then he says, in petition for all the saints. You know, this is, this is how we have each other. We're talking about war, putting on your armor, going into war, and praying for each other. This is how we have each other's back. Are you praying for the other people in your congregation? Do you take the time to, to, to pray for your family members, your friends? I know that's one thing that I'm, I'm constantly focused on. I pray for each and every single one of you. And, uh, any, and truthfully, anytime you guys come to my mind, anytime that you come to my mind, I, I pray for you because... I don't know what's going on in your life, but I thought about you for a reason, I suppose. So I begin to pray for, God, for blessing and prosperity in your life. And uh, we need to take the time to pray for one each other, to have each other's back. Amen? And then he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. You know, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, is, is truly a, uh, an awesome opportunity. Because you're going to pray in the Spirit for stuff that you didn't even realize that you need to be prayed for. You're going to get to heaven one day and, and, and finally be able to understand what you were saying and be like, man, thank God I, I, I operated in faith and began to pray in the Spirit as the Spirit gave me utterance. Because the Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought. But with deep groanings, the Spirit helps us pray. You know, and the truth is that, that we need to be praying in the Spirit as well. You may not even know what you're saying, but it, it's beneficial to you because the, the Bible says that it edifies yourself, but you're also praying for stuff that you didn't even know needed to be prayed for. This is going to be stuff that never happened in your life because you took the time to, to, to pray in the Spirit and it didn't even know why, but God took care of it. Amen? And finally, let's go back here. Finally, the, 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 the last thing that I want to say is that uh, he says, pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel. Paul's in prison here, which I'm an ambassador in change for the gospel. He's saying that I'm in prison here, but pray for me, not that everything will go okay, not that I'll get out of here, not, but pray for me that I will be able to preach the gospel. You know, Paul was saying, help me to be effective. Help me to reach a lost people. That was Paul's primary concern, always. No matter if he was on a ship that was about to go down, no matter if he was in prison, he always wanted to say the right thing so he could reach people. And we need to pray for our own lives to be effective as well. Ask God to give you the words to speak when you see people so that you can touch people's lives and be effective. Amen? And I tell you what, Paul, as we know, has written most of the New Testament if Paul is asking people to pray for him, I think that uh, 
we'd be a, a little prideful to think that we don't need to ask the same things. Amen? Next, we want to pray for the harvest. In Colossians 4, 2-4, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the words, that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. And then in Romans 10.1, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Once again, Paul's saying, hey, let's pray for effectiveness. Let's pray for the harvest. You know, I want to make sure that we can reach a people that's dying, a lost and dying world. Pray for me that, I will, that God will open doors for me to make an impact. And then down here, he's actually talking about all his... Uh, all of his, his brothers, and his, uh, the Jewish brothers, the, the, the Jews at the time, he's saying, you know, I wish, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them for salvation. You know, Paul made it a, 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 a focus to pray for other people, to pray that he could reach people, to pray for people to get saved. And that's something that we should do as well. And matter of fact, when he talked to the Colossians church, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. You know, I think, uh, I heard a statistic that it's, it's the... The average, um, I think it might have been on Wednesday night, he said the average Christian prays three minutes a day, and most of those times is at mealtime. I don't think that was Paul, what Paul had in mind. You want to know something even crazier? I think they did a study, pastors on average pray 15 minutes a day. These are the people that are leading the body of Christ. You know, and, uh, and uh, truthfully, you know, God's been calling me to pray more and more. Because, you know, a lot, I, I've told you guys before, a lot of times when we, when we uh, put messages together, it's usually God speaking to us. And if God's going to convict us, we're going to share it with you guys. Amen. But, uh, you know, this is, this is what God's been putting on my heart, to spend more time in prayer. Once again, he asked for effectiveness for reaching the lost. Uh, what do you say? Praying at the same time for us as well. And once again, he's in prison. And Paul spent a lot of time in prison for the gospel. And never once does he say, pray that I'll get out of this. Pray that they'll feed me better food. Pray that they won't whip me. Pray that uh, I get the grade on top and not the grade on bottom so everyone's not defecating all over me. He doesn't, I told you guys about that, how the, the Roman, the prison cells they were in, they, a lot of times would just be great stacked on top of each other and they would lay him down in it and you just hoped you weren't on the bottom. Great, because... The other people on top, they just did their business. And, and, well, you know the saying, it runs downhill. So, I mean, this is not a good place. But yeah, I had a friend that was a, a plumber, and he said the, the three rules that they followed was paychecks on Friday, um, poop runs downhill, and don't bite your fingernails. <laughs> oh, praise God. Why are you guys taking me that way? Back to, the, back to Scripture. So, uh, yeah, Paul's priority, no matter what, is to, uh, to focus on reaching the lost. Matter of fact, in Romans 9.3, it says, For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated for Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. You know, Paul amazes me with that Scripture. Because I'm not sure I could say the same thing. I mean, that's Paul's not saying, "Let me have a hard life so that my friends can get saved." Paul's 
you know, Paul would be, was willing to give up his salvation to spend eternity away from God so that other people, I mean, what kind of focus for the loss does that show about a man? I don't, I don't think I could say the same thing. I'd like to think I'd do everything up to that point, but I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's, that's a man who cared about the world, who cared about the, the, the lost sheep. And finally, something I want to bring up here is, is Paul's praying for stuff specifically. He's praying specifically for his Jewish brethren. He's praying specifically for the people that he's dealing with. And as you look, that effective prayer is specific prayer. You know, this idea of Lord bless the whole world, not a very effective prayer. You know, we need to take time to, to, uh, to uh, one, that'll, that'll lead to your less than three minutes a day in prayer when you go, Lord bless the whole world, oh good, I covered everybody. Take the time to, to mention people by name, pray for them specifically. You have family members that you want to see saved, pray for them. Thank God that God is working in their life, not uh, Lord thank you for saving my family. Take some time to be specific in your prayer, amen? So now I want to start looking at the, uh, the power of prayer. And I just looked at a few things that we should spend time in prayer for. But now we're going to go a little bit different direction. In James 5, 13 through 18, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. How many other praises are just prayers to God? So if you're having a bad time, pray. If you're having a good time, pray. Basically, pray. Is anyone among you sick? Then you must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Prayer is the answer for everything. I mean, if we would just, we would have so much less problems if we would just take time to speak to God at every moment that we had. I mean, really, sick, pray. Happy, pray. Sad, pray. Things going good? Pray. Just got a raise? Pray. Just lost your job? Pray. I mean, it's, it's, it's an easy, it's an easy, prayer is powerful. And the truth is that, that uh, you know, we look at the scriptures, we look at these, I mean, he talks here, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I think we look at the scripture and we see these great men doing things and we're like, man, but they were special. There was something great about them that I just don't have. But James says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was just like us. The only difference between Elijah and us most of the time is that Elijah always just went for it. As a matter of fact, after this thing here, when he, he prayed for rain, and, and uh, if you remember, this is when he had to deal with the prophets of Baal. Uh, Baal. He says it's not going to rain, and then uh, prays there's no rain for for three years and six months. And then he comes and prays that there's going to be rain after he goes through his whole spiel with the prophets and, and you know, soaks the altar and God's fire comes down and licks it up and an amazing thing happens. And then he prays for rain and he's, he's uh, looking out at that little tiny cloud and uh, he begins running downhill and says, no, you've got to move faster, king. They run down the hill, the cloud gets huge and it just rains like crazy because he prayed. He's a man of faith. 
But he's like, yeah, but there's something special about him. You know, right after he did this, Jezebel, the king's wife, comes after him and he runs away and hides in a cave. This man that we all think is, is so different. Than, you know, he, he did the same thing as us. He got scared and, and he sometimes didn't operate in faith just like we do. The truth is, this is the key. That we operate in faith. We pray in faith. And then it says the effective prayer. What's effective prayer? Prayer offered in faith of a righteous man can accomplish much. <laughs> I was reading a story. There's a... Uh, uh, Augustine, I think we know him as St. Augustine now. It says, during his pastoral ministry, Augustine came to know a woman in Carthage named Innocentia, a devout woman and highly regarded. She tragically discovered that she had breast cancer. A physician told her disease was incurable. She could opt for amputation and possibly prolong her life a little, or she could follow the advice of, of hypocrites, Hippocrates. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Huh? Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Thanks, Joseph. And do nothing. Either way, death would not be put off for long. Augustine reports, dismayed by this diagnosis, she turned for help to God alone in prayer. In a dream, Innocentia was told to wait at the baptistry for the first woman who came out after being baptized and to ask this woman to make the sign of the cross over the cancerous breast. Innocentia did as she was told, and she was completely cured. And when she told her doctor what had happened, he responded with a contemptuous tone. I thought you would reveal some great discovery to me. Then seeing her horrified look, he backpedaled, saying, What great thing was it for Christ to heal cancer? He raised a man that had been dead for four days. You know, the, 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 the power of God is amazing. You know, we, we, we think that, you know, these, these things that are so great in our mind, you know, we've been praying for Jessica to be healed from cancer. And I think a lot of us in our heads, we're like, man, this is just, it's the impossible. If God does this, I mean, it'd be an amazing thing. And, but we, we limit ourselves with what God can do. I mean, curing Jessica's cancer is, it's nothing. I mean, God, I mean it's, it's nothing to God. He's just waiting for someone who will be faithful, waiting for people to stand in the gap and pray for her and, and to, to trust him to do these things. You know, the, the, the stuff that we'll see if we become a people that are praised is nothing for God. And, and we will see great power being performed as a result of us being faithful. Amen? In Matthew fourteen twenty three, it says, After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. He's talking about Jesus. You know, this is, Jesus is our example. We're to imitate Christ. Amen? And then in Luke 5.16, once again, Jesus says Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. This is just a couple of mini verses about Jesus slipping away to pray. Jesus was the Son of God. He was God in bodily form. And he prayed. If Jesus needed to pray, what do you think that says about us? If even Jesus would pray in times of trouble. Remember Jesus prayed for strength in the garden? Jesus, just like us, had to pray for strength. You know, I mean, he, he was so distressed that he, he, he sweated blood. And he said, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, but not my will, your will be done. Jesus prayed for strength in those times. When he was in the wilderness for the 40 days and nights being tempted, he was praying and fasting. Jesus prayed, and he was the Son of God. I think it's safe to say that that uh, we should be spending some time in prayer as well, amen? 
And the truth is, like I said, I talked earlier, we, we get so distracted by this world, it's easy to, uh, to, forget, to forget to pray. You know, we need to, to take those times to make sure we set aside time, we carve out time to pray. And it's something that, that I'm going to be resolving to do now as well because truthfully, you know, I get up in the morning and I, I try to make sure I get up with enough time to spend time in the Word, reading my Bible. But if I get distracted or something's going on, you know, and the time that I set aside doesn't happen, I'll be honest with you, if, if, I, don't, if I don't take the time to read my Bible in that time, the chances of it getting read later in the day is like 0.2%. You know, the truth is that, that life, we, we live lives, we have stuff going on. And the same thing, you know, I want to resolve to spend time in prayer as well, carving out that time so that I don't get distracted. Jesus was sent to this world to save the world. I mean, his, what was going on in his life was, was quite a bit more important than our daily humdrum life, you know, the normal stuff that we do during the day. And even with all that going on, Jesus never let that distract him to the point that he wouldn't spend time with his God. Amen? And we shouldn't do it for us either. Luke 11, 1 through 4. So we find that Jesus used to, to steal off by himself and pray alone, but we also find that, that Jesus spent time praying with his disciples as well. In Luke 11, 1 through 4, it says, It happened while Jesus was praying in a certain place. After he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, So we know that his disciples were with him while he was praying. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not unto temptation. Jesus spent time to pray with his disciples. You know, and that's why, you know, I send these messages out. I, you know, I want to see in this prayer meeting, I, w- I would love to see all of us in there, standing together for this city, standing together for this congregation. Because Jesus prayed with his disciples, I want to pray with mine. You know, it's a pattern that we follow, and we stand together. And the other thing we'll notice is that his disciples had a desire to learn. They had a desire to pray like Jesus prayed. They wanted to learn. They said, Jesus, show us how to pray. You know, if you feel like that you don't pray very well, the best place to learn is with other people that are praying. Listen to how they do it. See how they do it. You want to spend time in the prayer meeting, you'll learn how to pray effectively. You'll begin to see that, that, that you know, when Joseph or I pray or my wife prays, that we begin to say things in Scripture. We begin to, to quote Scripture to God. We pray according to that. And you'll be, ah, oh, so that's how you do it. That's how, you know, that's where that comes from. You also got to spend time in your word to know a lot of times you're like, man, that guy's an awesome prayer. And then a couple days later, you're reading through your Bible and you're like, wait a minute. I know where he did. I see what he did there. But spend time in your Bible so you can begin to, to, to pray the word of God. Next, I want to talk about the prayer closet. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your inner room close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, like I said, we need to take the time to spend some alone time with God. Get away from everything. Pastor Ernie Fink talks about in his house, they actually have a closet they call the prayer closet, and that's where if you want to spend time alone with God, you go in there and you shut the door, and and nobody will bother you, and you can spend time with God. Now, I don't have one of those, but like I said, I'm resolving to take some time to carve out from my God, the one who, who took time to to send his son for me who cares so much about me i'm gonna take a little bit of time to spend with him amen and that doesn't mean that's the only time you pray the bible says we should be praying continuously always in an attitude of prayer always willing to speak to him 
But, you know, take the time to, to, to get away from everything else with no distractions. A lot of times I'll pray in my car when I'm driving. I'll have a podcast on or whatever, but there's no one around me talking to me, and I can just pray to God as I'm driving. Don't close your eyes when you're praying in your car, though. Keep them open. Keep your hands on the wheel, too, and don't lift your arms. Yeah, you might get to see them sooner than you expected. <laughs> and you got work to do here on earth. We don't want you going now. We've got people to reach, amen? Another place, pray in the shower. You know what you can, I mean, that's a great time when there's no one bothering you. There shouldn't be no one bothering you. I mean, your kids should be out there doing something else. So take the time to just, just, that's a great time to pray. Somebody comes up to your mind, just pray for them. Bless them. Thank God for doing an amazing thing in, the, in, your, in people's lives. Thank God for touching your life. Pray for your family and your kids. I mean, that's a great time when you can pray without being distracted. The truth is that in those times that we set aside, we should, always be, we should be praying and praising and giving thanks. And, you know, this isn't to look good. You know, there was a, uh, Jesus was talking about the, the hypocrites of the, of the, of the Jewish priests who would, uh, the, uh, I can't remember the name, but the, the, the priests would get up and they'd pray really loud so everybody could hear them. And they were trying to put on a show. This isn't about putting on a show. This is about spending time with your God, spending time with the one who loves you, your Father. This is about relationship. This is to honor your Creator and your Savior. And I know this will change your life. If we'll just take the time to pray, we'll begin to see changes in our life. We're going to be able to see God moving in ways that we've never seen before, we never thought possible. The early church were a people who prayed. And if you remember, when we first started, uh, the first few sermons that I ever did, the first few weeks, I started talking about the culture of Living Hope Family Church. And and one of them I spent time to take time to say that the culture of Living Hope Family Church is we're a people who pray. And we're going to be a people who pray because that's what the early church did. And Acts 1, 13 through 14, it says, When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, and the mother, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, these were the first apostles. This was the, how the church got started. They got, this was right after Jesus ascended into heaven. They got together and prayed. They're spending time in prayer together with one another. And, you know, this, I think sometime in today's society, in today's church, we see that there's this special group of prayer warriors. You know, this is the, the group of people that pray. This is their ministry. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a, an intercession team or a prayer team. But we just need to recognize that that's not the only people who get to pray. That's not the only people who should pray. We should all be praying. You know, when I see that the early church, who were definitely dealing with a lot more opposition than we are, they're definitely dealing with a lot more problems than we have today, considered prayer important. And I think we can, we can, it's safe to say that that was part of the reason for their success, is they spent time in communion with God and praying with God. And we see the early church was an amazing success. And it wasn't just a few. You know, we get the, the, the list of the apostles, but then it goes... All of them with one mind, they were praying, standing together in agreement, continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And with this, basically what this is saying is all the apostles were praying and so was everybody else. Everybody was standing together and praying with one mind. They were in agreement for what was going on and, and they were making an impact. 
In Matthew 18, 19 through 20, it says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that, that may ask, that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have been gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. You know, when we stand in agreement together, the response is powerful. You know, that's, like I said, I've been sending out those emails, and, and you, I'm going to continue to remind you, because when we can, if we can stand in there for a half an hour before the church service in agreement with one another for what, for what God wants to accomplish for this congregation, for this body, for this city, for this nation, then we're going to see some amazing things happen. Because the Bible promises that if, any of you, if, if two of you agree on earth about anything that you may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. That's a pretty straightforward promise. And I believe God at his word. I take God at his word. You know, if we go out there and stand together according to the will of God, and, uh, you know, when we're praying scriptural things, we're praying biblical things right from the Bible, that's according to the will of God. God is going to be faithful. And the truth is, this isn't to browbeat God. You know, I don't have any misconception, nor should any of you, that if we just get enough people to pray, then... uh, then we'll, we'll go ahead and, and, and we're going to convince God to do what we want. If we, just, if we just had 10 more people, if we could just get, maybe we'll put it on Facebook, because if we could just get 10 people to pray with us, then God will surely have to do it. That's not how it works. <laughs> Speaking of Facebook stuff, I saw, I saw a cartoon that's got some guy got up to heaven and, uh, and they had an angel standing at the gates, and the guy walks up and he goes, Oh, wait, here your name is. Come on, come on in. And he's going to walk in. He goes, Oh, wait, wait a minute. It says here that uh, when you got that email to forward this to 10 people to show your love for God, you didn't see that, so we're sorry you're not going to be able to make it in. <laughs> oh, I, just, I hate those emails. You know, it drives me nuts. I've gotten emails like that that actually have a great message or something I really enjoy, and I'm like, this is good stuff. And then I get to the end, and it says, now forward this to 10 people, and your wish will be granted by your super, your super private special angel. And I'm like, yeah, I just delete the email. Like, it ruins the whole thing. That's not how God works. But like I said, this isn't to, uh, to browbeat God and to, to bring people. Matter of fact, it's actually when, uh, when somebody asks for prayer on Facebook or anything like that, when I'm not, if somebody calls me or I'm standing with somebody, I've just resolved now. I don't do the, okay, I'll pray for you. So when they say, will you pray for me? I'll say, yeah, let's pray right now. So it's fun because usually people aren't expecting it. And the first, the first time they get a little bit embarrassed, but that's all right. We're going to pray. We're going to pray to God. But when I see it on stuff like that, I'll often reply, standing with you, instead of just, you know, the default praying, I'm praying for you. I say, oh, I'm standing with you, because I want them to know that I'm standing in agreement with what they asked for. You know, if they're praying for someone that, that, uh, that needs to be made well, that are having some problems with illness, I say, I'm standing with you, trusting God, that by His stripes they are healed. I'm standing with them in agreement. Now, does this mean that individual prayers aren't heard? No. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man the effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. But I do know that there's, there's, there's something different about standing together. There's a corporate anointing when we stand together. And, and uh, the truth is, God says that if we agree on it, it'll happen. So let's take that time and do that. Romans 15, 30 through, 30 through 32, it says, Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints, so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. 
we're to strive together with one another in, in prayer. You know, that means we're to stand together and pray. Paul is saying, stand with me and pray for my effective service. As believers, we're commanded to stand together in prayer. You know, the truth is, you know, our prayer meeting is not just a good idea. It's instrumental to what God has planned for this body. Instrumental. I mean, this is part of God's plan is that we would stand together. You know, and we need to, to get together as a church. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for the city, our friends and family, our nation, our government. We need to pray for the mission field. And, you know, we need to pray for other local churches in the area. We're not the only, uh, the only life-giving church in this area. And God is using them just as he's using us. But most importantly, we need to pray that the gospel is, is, is being preached and received in this city by people that are lost. And we need to stand together and strive together for those things. Amen? The last scripture I want to look at today is, is Acts 2.42. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You know, we need to make prayer a priority in our life. You see, there's a lot of things in our Christian walk that need to happen. And we can't just pick one and not the other. You know, any, any uh, table that has four legs, if you, if you shorten one of the legs, it becomes a little bit wobbly. You know, the truth is we need, to, we need to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We need to devote ourselves to teaching and learning the Word of God, spending time in the Word and fellowship with one another, which is something that we do great at. We spend time together. You know, that's the easy one, fellowship and breaking bread. But, uh, and I, you know, I won't say that. It's, not, it's something that we choose to do. You know, when we first started this, I thought I was going to have to start tying some of you guys down to stay and have lunch with us. <laughs> Man, there was always something going on. But, uh, yeah, you know, but that's all part of our, of our fellowship, our walk with God, is spending time with one another. And, uh, you know, next is, is prayer. We need, to, we need to make sure we're not just focusing on certain areas and not others. You know, start a prayer journal or make a list. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, in the, in the life group, when we, we ask for prayers, you know, we, usually, we write them down so we don't forget. It's easy to forget stuff that's going on. Start a prayer journal. This is something that I want to do. One, I want to force myself to start writing, but... Uh, is to, instead of praying out loud, just pray and write it down what I want to pray. And uh, it's something that, I, that, I've been, that I've been wanting to do. Uh, Dr. Leon said he, what he does is he starts a prayer journal, and, and every day people in his, his uh, ministry, he has a list, and on Monday he has in his journal that he prays for this, these people, on Tuesday, so nobody's forgotten, nobody's left out, and everyone's getting prayed for. If you're married, pray with your spouse. Take the time. And uh, I, know that's, I know how hard that is because a lot of times schedules don't allow for that or it's tough, but take the time to sit and pray with your spouse. And guess what? It's going to feel weird at first. Deal with it. You'll get over it. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know I talk to people. One of the biggest things, that one of the, the things is they feel uh, weird praying out loud. They feel like that they're just not a good enough prayer. And I want you to know that everybody feels that way. Everybody feels like they can't pray. And uh, it's no different from me than anybody else. You know, I, I listen to other people pray, and I'm like, wow, they're amazing. I don't sound like that. But truth is, I'm just going to talk to God. And uh, it's not the flowery words you use, but it's your heart behind it. And uh, so let's take the time to uh, let's, let's, let's make prayer a focus in our lives. Amen. Let's take the time to make prayer a focus for our church. And let's see what God can do through that. Amen. Praise God. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet.